Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Troy Ferguson. You know, it's good to, to be able to be together today. I know that this week, being Thanksgiving, uh, I know some people are still kind of in their Thanksgiving coma. <laughs> They're still kind of coming back from all the activity and, and so forth. Even, uh, even though things were very different this year, I know still a lot of things going on. And um, whenever Pastor Jim asked me about speaking today, I have a, a typical method that I, that I go through of, oh, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And I have a, a document on my phone, on my computer, that has notes and thoughts the Holy Spirit has prompted me with, or quotes, different things that I will, will document for times like this. And I'll, I'll look at that and say, okay, God, what thought, what idea am I going to pull in? And uh, as I went through this list, I just did not have a piece. I did not have a piece about anything on my list. And this list is several years old. It's several hundred, if not thousands, of thoughts. And I kept thinking, okay, God, why aren't you giving me a piece about any of these? And he said, because that's what I want you to talk about. I said, what? The concept of peace. And I had no notes on it. I had no, no uh, quotes on it. And uh, the God, God just put on my heart the power of peace, understanding the power of peace. And we're going to get into this today. And one of the things that I, that I, that I thought about is, you know, in our culture, in our lifestyle, uh, we've developed an acceptance of a lack of peace to the point that we no longer expect peace. Turmoil and chaos and anxiety and worry, that's so much a part of who we are as a culture that we have become accepting of that rather than pursuing peace, as the Bible says, uh, and, and we just, we just kind of let it go and say, that's just where we are. That's just who we are. That's just what life is. Um, as a matter of fact, 31% of the U.S. adults experience significant anxiety. Significant anxiety. That's, <coughs> that's almost one-third of people that, that say, Christians and non-Christians, that say that they, they, they experience significant anxiety. Matter of fact, in recent months, it's almost 20% that say that we have, we have experienced something of significance. Now, this isn't just about 2020. It's not just about the pandemic. It's not about the election. But in life in general, we just have a lack of peace. And we've, we've become very commonplace with it. So today, I, I felt the Lord put on my heart to understand the power of peace, God's peace, and how we uh, understand it is, is significant. You know, when we look at... Um, these, these statistics I mentioned, some might refer to it as uh, stress, panic attacks, depression, worry. Uh, but as I, as I study this, I believe that they're all cousins of the same issue, and that's just a lack of peace. So what are we missing? Uh, John 14, right off the bat, John 14 is a time where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's promising the Holy Spirit to come. And in verse 25, it says this, all of this, all my teachings, I have spoken while still with you. But the, but the advocate, excuse me, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, I will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. This is Jesus telling about the Holy Spirit. The advocate, the promise of the Holy Spirit, we know is comforter, guider, and so forth. But this is one of the places that says he's our advocate. What is an advocate? Someone who, who comes alongside who is there for us, who is, who is defending us and on our behalf. Our advocate is more than just someone who, 
who comforts us, but someone who is going before us to, to prepare a place for us and so forth. Jesus reminds them that the advocate is there to remind you. Remind you to love one another. Remind you to give grace because grace has been given to you. Reminds you to be thankful for what you have and maybe not to gripe for what you don't. The Holy Spirit is our reminder of what has been said as well as what is being said. Moving on, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says to his disciples, his followers, believers, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So first of all, we need to understand that peace is not something that we can stir up or we, we can uh, uh, grasp in our abilities or our understanding. This is peace from God. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not be afraid. We can fast forward a little bit. Jesus continues to teach them about uh, things that are unknown uh, and when he will leave. You know, Jesus teaches them that day 2,000 years ago about things that are unknown. I believe this principle is still very applicable today. There are things in our life that are just unknown. So the teaching and the concept of peace in the midst of things that are unknown is very relatable to us today. So Jesus says in, in chapter 16, verse 33, <clears throat> I have told you all these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I told you these things so that you may have peace. Peace is not provided by the world. Matter of fact, I believe that the world has tried to duplicate or mimic peace in multiple different ways. Uh, there, there's certain kinds of music you can listen to that, that is supposed to bring you peace. And there's, there's certain types of, of uh, meditations that you can do that, that are said to bring you peace. But all those things are counterfeits for the, the reality of God's peace in our life. I don't care if you listen to the ocean or if you listen to whale sounds. If you, if you don't have peace of God, you are still going to have worry and anxiety. But that's, that's the way that the world looks to how can, how can we take something that is a biblical principle and counterfeit it to try to, to make people who aren't believers or aren't followers of Christ to experience those who are followers of, what, those who are followers of Christ. Peace comes from God. No matter what the world tries to, to throw at you, Peace of God comes from the God of peace, Jehovah Shalom. Now, let me just get into a few things. Because peace is not something that we, we see uh, often, we actually have a misunderstanding of what peace is. I want to talk about a few things of what peace is not. What peace is not, before we get confused on some of this stuff. Peace is not being nonchalant. Someone who's too calm and relaxed, uh, displaying no, no interest or value. Peace is not being nonchalant. Peace is not uncaring. Sometimes we just look at people that, that uh, well, the reason that they, they don't worry and they don't have anxiety because they just don't care. Peace is not uncaring. Peace is not disinterested. Just because you don't have uh, 
not, you're not consumed about a, a concept or you're not consumed about an outcome of something. It doesn't mean that you don't have peace. This doesn't mean you're not interested. It's just because that you have peace, that you can have a, a situation of rest and faith in the midst of situations. And it also doesn't mean that you're complacent. Sometimes we just have this, this, this thought that, well, um, they're, they're a, they live a peaceful life because they're just complacent. They're just, they're inactive. They don't do anything. They don't think anything. They have no, no uh, interest. And, and the reality of it is there, there's a misunderstanding of a word in the Bible called contentment. Sometimes we look at contentment and complacement, uh, and the reality is complacement is not the same as contentment. Contentment is because we have a peace, we have an understanding, and our confidence is in him, not in us, not in, in what we can produce, but con- complacement is when we have no, uh, no, no desire, no interest, no, no, um, just a, a lack of involvement. Contentment is actually you are very involved, but you can still have a peace within the situations. So contentment is not the same as complacement. So what we're going to do, <coughs> excuse me, look at a few scriptures, several scriptures, because peace is very, very much of a foundation, foundational principle of who we are as believers. Romans 5, 15, excuse me, Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to look at a scripture like this. One of the things that I do often with scripture is I pull it apart, and I look at the conditions that are in verses, that are conditions are in scripture. Matter of fact, as a, as a, as a techie person, I do what, what I refer to as reverse engineering. What reverse engineering is, is you have a finished product or a finished concept, and you, you pull it apart, you take it apart, and you look and you figure out how does these different pieces how do all these things work together to make this end product? The reverse engineering is figuring out um, how piece A, B, and C actual make this part D all come together. In Scripture, there are times that we can look at, there's different parts of Scripture, different parts of verses that are contingent on one part or another. This is one of those. May the God of peace, of hope, fill you with all joy and peace. Then it says, as you trust in him. The condition here is trust in him. As you trust in him, you will have, you will be filled with joy and peace. Then also, following that that concept, as you trust in him, you will also overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, as I look at... (laughs) As I look at this, I think, okay, so if I don't have hope, if I don't have peace, what am I missing? The scripture tells us that I don't trust in him. So what's the condition? Trusting in him, you have hope and peace. Not trusting in him, you will not have hope and peace. So if you look at a situation in your life, like I'm just so uncertain, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm worried, I have no, no peace about a situation, God, why, isn't it that I, why is it that I can't get a grip on, on certain circumstances and I, and I just have such worry and anxiety? I believe Jesus already tells us in the Word of God multiple times, and this is one of them. Trust in Him. 
Peace isn't of us. Peace is of Jesus. He said earlier, I give you my peace. Matter of fact, we know that uh, you say, well, how can, how can Jesus claim that? What's indicating that he can do that? Jesus, Jesus is, according to Isaiah 9, 6, he is the prince of peace. Therefore, if he is the prince of peace, he is the author of peace. He understands peace. He provides peace as we trust in him. Not trust in me, not trust in Pastor Jim, not trust in Transformation Church, not trust in the election, not trust in the White House. We trust in Jesus. We can have peace. Now, a couple stories that we, we see some things in the Bible. You know, the, the story of the woman who worshipped at Jesus' Jesus's feet. It talks about she, she poured out perfume, busted an alabaster box of, of, of expensive perfume, and, and just worshipped and honored him with this, to the point that people around her felt that you're wasting your, that you, that's valuable stuff right there, you're wasting that. And Jesus recognized that what she was doing, even though she might have been a sinful woman, she might have had her issues, Jesus recognized it. And his response, I love, in Luke 7, 50, says to this woman, your faith has saved you. Now go in peace. So what that means is faith in Jesus has now provided her peace even when she, before she had guilt. She might have had shame. She might have had situations that, that we don't even know all the details, that she just was in, in turmoil. But at this moment, Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Your faith uh, has saved you. Go in peace. Another similar story, we know that there's a woman who had, uh, is known as the woman with the issue of blood, had a hemorrhaging for many, many years. And she felt that if she could just see Jesus, if she could just touch him, she could be healed from this infirmity from, from years gone by. And in doing that, uh, Jesus didn't stop and pray for her. Jesus didn't stop and, and, and provide a healing line that she walked through. He's going through the, the people, and she sees him, and she fights through the crowd. We know the story. She fights through the crowd and just touches his coat. The Bible says, hem of his garment. And because of that, power, healing, flowed from Jesus. Now, this was a woman who, who was titled as unclean, unfit in a, in a sense, and, and people did not want to be around her. Talk about guilt and talk about shame and situations. But at this moment, when she touched Jesus, he turns around and he responds in Luke 8, 48 and says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace. We see this multiple times throughout Scripture that peace is something of significance in the New Testament church. As a matter of fact, it was a greeting to one another. Peace be with you. It was so important that, that God's peace in them was such a value that they would greet one another. Peace be with you. Shalom. And as we continue, look, at uh, how, do we, how do we see peace today? What does it look like? What does it feel like? We're going to get into a few statements of peace. The first one is this. The peace of God is active. Even though it was provided many, many years ago, the peace of God is still very active. Colossians 3 <coughs> says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Let the peace of Christ, peace of Christ, rule in your heart. Rule means active, ongoing. 
peace is the foundation for our lives. God never uses fear. It doesn't say let the fear, let fear of life rule you. Let anxiety run you. But let the peace of God rule you, guide you. God never uses fear, but peace. Peace is indeed active. The next one I want to look at is peace is tangible. Peace is tangible. One of my favorite scriptures, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Earlier I talked about anxiety how many people are dealing with anxiety. And I'm going to say something that, that, that you might get mad at me, and, and that's okay. Um, but I believe in reading the Scripture, when the Bible says, do not be anxious, that means anxiety is more of a choice than a condition. See, we look in our culture that anxiety is a condition that needs to be medicated. And not to say that there's, there's some things with counseling and situations that people need to work through situations. I've talked to Daryl many times about day one, has a ministry about counseling and, and wonderful kinds of things. But when it comes to uh, anxiety as, a, as a, something that is part of our lifestyle, it is not something that we need to be bound by because right here it says it is a choice. Do not be anxious, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you do that, then the peace of God that passes understanding, one translation says, transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Peace is tangible. You know, I believe that as far as it being tangible, I believe peace is a powerful witness. And let me explain. When non-Christians see you praying, that's expected. You're a believer. You go to church. When you pray, that's common. When non-Christians uh, hear you not saying a lot of swear words, that's nothing of revelation. That's expected. They think that you're a, you're a person who goes to church, um, typically, and, and you don't use you know, some of those words. Typically. I'm not saying that everybody's sanctified. In Jesus' name, amen. But um, that is not that surprising. But I will say this. I have heard many times over my life, that whenever an unbeliever sees someone that's going through hell, sees someone that's going through turmoil, maybe going through relationship difficulties, uh, difficulties with their children, uh, whatever it might be, but yet they see a peace that's in them, even in the midst of that craziness, that is an amazing witness to a non-believer. So, if we as Christians are caught up in all the anxiety and turmoil, just like everyone in the world, what makes someone who's an unbeliever say, I want what they have? But as a, as a witness, I have seen and heard many, many times, I came to Christ because someone that I worked with had a peace in their life that didn't make sense. That's what this is talking about. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that passes comprehension. You can only have that peace because of faith and trust in Jesus. You can't have it in our ability. You can't have it in my accomplishments or your accomplishments, but only in Jesus. I believe that that is a powerful witness, and it's tangible. It's visible. 
And, and people can see it, they understand it, they feel it in your life. And another element that I want to say with this, a couple years ago, God put on my heart to give something away. I'm not, I don't need to get into what it is because it was something the Lord put on my heart. And it, it was something of great value to me. It wasn't that it cost a tremendous amount of money. It was a couple thousand dollars, so it wasn't cheap. But it was something that had much greater value to me because of, of, of a joy that it caused and, and, and provided for me. And God put on my heart to give it away. Carnal comprehension said absolutely not. You've saved for this, you've paid for it, you enjoy it, you use it, your, your, your son enjoys it. Carnal comprehension was absolutely not. But there was something inside of me that when God put that on my heart, there was never a question or a, a response to say, maybe I shouldn't do this. There was such a peace that truly does not make sense. Matter of fact, I, here's the thing. I talk to people about it, and even good intending believers, like, oh, Troy, you know, you put a lot of time, blah, blah, blah. But there was something that God put on my heart and says, I want you to give that away. And there was a physical release in my heart to be able to do that. So when I say peace is tangible, I actually say that from experience not just because I don't worry about the election, I don't worry about this or that, but there are situations that God puts on my heart to do something, and I can say that there is a release of pressure and tension about whatever that might be, no matter what the value is. And there are times in our lives that God will put on your heart <coughs> to go somewhere, do something. Maybe, maybe you have the means to buy something of significance for somebody. God will put a peace in your heart to do that, even if you think, I don't have the means, I don't have the, the, um, the understanding, I don't have everything that I need to accomplish this, so God, why are you putting this on my heart? But I will, I will promise you that if he puts a peace in you to go and do whatever he's called you to go and do, he'll work it out. He will work it out. The last one, that I, the statement I want to say is, the peace of God is declared. The peace of God is declared. We've talked about it being active, it being tangible. The peace of God is declared. In Mark 4, we know the story of Jesus ministering to many, many people. Crowds were there. And Jesus says to his followers, his disciples, let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. Okay, let's do it. We pick it up, Mark 4, 37. <laughs> It says, and there was a great windstorm that arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The story is, is an interesting one. These are followers of Jesus, people that were close to Jesus. They saw his miracles. And in their mind, in the midst of the storm, in their mind, he doesn't care. Remember earlier when we said what peace isn't? I said peace isn't uncaring. Sometimes you might have a peace in your life 
and those around you that with good intentions and well-meaning may look at you and say, you just don't care. Why aren't you bothered by this? Why doesn't this make your blood boil? It's called the peace of God. In this story, they said, teacher, Jesus, do you not care? Do you not see what's going on around us? First of all, they should understand by now that Jesus, as their perfect example, they should follow his example, and, and they should maybe take a nap too. But they don't. They look at what the, the, the circumstances around them, the storm around them, and then they go and attack Jesus and say, don't you care about us? Jesus, his response, verse 39. Then he rose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he says to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? How many times does, does Jesus speak to us like that? We've seen miracles and faithfulness and grace time and time again. Then we get all caught up in the situation, and Jesus says, do you not still not have faith with everything that's been going on and everything that I pulled you through? Do you still not have faith? That's what was going on with the disciples here that were seeing Jesus in action. But I want to back up a little bit to what he said. Peace, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. When I first read this, I thought, you know, this almost seems redundant. Why do you have to say peace and be still? There are different words. The original language actually shows different words here. Like, okay, Jesus, he could have very easily got up and says to the wind and the waves, be still. And they would have calmed down. They would have stopped. I believe, as, as I study this, I believe that when he said, peace, be still, he's not only talking to nature and the wind and the waves, he's also talking to those in the boat. Peace, be still. Because then it says, there was the, the wind and the waves ceased, and there was a great calm. I believe there are times in our life that Jesus says to us, peace, be still. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Sometimes we have this mentality that, well, I just got to be still, and I just got to wait till something happens. Sometimes I believe that we are still very active. Peace is active. Life is active. And there are times that we need to keep moving forward, but yet in the midst of moving forward, we don't need to be caught up in all the challenges and turmoil that might be around us. We can have peace. I'm going to ask some of the singers to come up. We're going to do a, a song, and then I'll come back here in a moment. But understand this. Peace is something that is the foundation for, a, one of the foundations of our faith. It is one of the uh, characteristics that is the fruit of the Spirit. Peace is throughout the Bible. Peace should be throughout our life. And listen, today, in today's culture, if there is a time in need for the church to rise up in peace, it is now. If we just go along with the, the worry and concern and the, the bitterness and the ugliness that the world has, why would anybody from a, a, a secular mentality come into the church if all the, everything, everything, 
everything looks the same. Peace is one of the things that can be such a significant difference, but we often don't understand how do we let it go. And my prayer today is that we can release some of the mess that the enemy piles on day after day, moment after moment. What I want to do, I'm going to read through a list of things here in just a moment. And when I do that, I, um, when I read the, the different terms and the different items, if it relates to you, I want you to stand up. If what I read relates to you, I want you to stand up because we're going to pray. All these things are, are strongholds that I believe that peace can break. Anger, anxiety, confusion, depression, disappointment, disobedience, doubt, fear, hate, heartbreak, hurt, jealousy, judgmental, passionless, rage, rejection, restless, uncertainty, unsettled, victimism, and worry. If those, any of those characteristics are something that you struggle with, I want you to stand. And those of you that aren't standing, I believe that you are, you have the peace of God and I want you to pray for people that are around you right now. Father God, I lift up everybody in this place, everyone who might be watching online, everyone is standing in this place, Father God, right now. Let your peace infiltrate lives today. Let the tangible peace of God move in such a way that fear has to be removed, that the chains of anxiety are broken, the, the, the overwhelming feelings of worry are removed today, and peace can rest in each believer in this house. These things are not conditions. Many times they are choices, but they might be choices that we become bond, in bondage to. And I pray, Father God, that those chains of bondage break today in Jesus' name. Chains of bondage broken, worry, anxiety, hate, depression. Mm. Right now in Jesus' name. And in all these situations, the transformation power of the Holy Spirit intervenes to bring peace, even in situations that surpass our understanding or our comprehension. In Jesus' name right now, fill with your peace. us. Minister in this house. Release. Release. Oh, Father. Mm. Jesus. Faith in you, Jesus what it's all about. Belief and trust in you is the foundation of our peace. And I pray, Father, that if we walk out of here and we don't have peace, that we do something to increase our faith and our trust in you. Whatever that might be, if we got to talk to someone, if 
we got to get on our knees, if we got to get in your presence, Lord, I pray that we will take the steps necessary to be ruled by and directed by your peace. Thank you, Father. The last thing I want to do, if you would just open your eyes and, and look up here, we're going we're gonna to sing, the team and I are going to just sing a song that we sing often in here. It's a closing prayer, but it's very applicable. It's from Numbers 6, 24. <clears throat> the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious. by the Holy Spirit and all we do, directed by you so that we can have peace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed and go in peace.